0: Hello there. You are listening to the Deepened Roots podcast. My name is Carol Oker. I am an intuitive health coach and the founder of Deepened Roots Health Coaching. Check out what I do and the services I offer on Facebook and Instagram under Deepen in Roots Health Coaching. There, you can book a discovery call to talk about your health goals by clicking on the link on my bio. You can even visit me at deepeningyourroots.com. Deepened Roots podcast has been created to give listeners an inside look into my health coaching business, specifically my one-on-one 90-day program, which helps you define what healthy feels and looks like to you. Deepened Roots Health Coaching's mission is to solve nutrition misinformation and help you resolve your poor relationship with your food and yourself. We focus on the power of thoughts, Feelings, intuition, and sass, because authenticity is not an option in my world. You know what else isn't an option? Trusting your gut. If this appeals to you and you want to dive into your own abundant health journey, reach the hell on out to me. I'd love to hear from you. So let's get started. Welcome to episode 37. Who doesn't love Fridays? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to last week's episode featuring Carl Sean Watkins. I'm still working on the perfect audio balance when interviewing, but the quality of the conversation and the back and forth between two people just talking, it's a powerful use of expression playing it back, listening to it all word for word. I hope you were able to get as much from that interview as I did to listen and experience it. Also, I, <laughs> I do want to mention one glaring word I've had in my introduction for ages that Carl Sean Watkins loathes, and it's the word Authentic. I use this word and the content of encouraging others to explore what authentic looks like in action, which Carl Sean Watkins agrees with. <laughs> For me, it's opening up the conversation to acting on your greatness. For you, it might be listening more than speaking while acting on your greatness. I do agree that using it as a descriptor loses the purpose of being authentic, which is what Carl Sean Watkins... What gets Carl Shawn Watkins' goat? (laughs) And really, it gets mine too. But don't ever be afraid to take action in a way that explores your authenticity and what makes you, well, you. Period. And that way of life, discovery, it's so important. When we're talking about navigating between safety and security – Oxford Languages defines safety as the condition of being protected from or unlikely to cause danger, risk, or injury. Safety implies that you're in the middle of danger at any capacity and you need to protect yourself from ASAP. This is where your sympathetic nervous system kicks in and gets your blood pumping for survival. Your amygdala, the emotions part of your brain is in the driver's seat, fight, flight, or freeze, whichever is going to kick in so you don't die. Your body sees this as a bear or as pillagers or a natural disaster. Your brain can also go through these survival gymnastics during a traffic jam or an argument with a loved one. Security, on the other hand, is defined by Oxford languages as the state of being free from danger or threat. We can think of this as preventative measures from another threat of safety happening again, such as if your house was broken into and then you invest in a home security system to ward off any assholes trying to repeat the incident. Security can also be when you see an argument brewing between yourself and a loved one and you stand strong in getting through the conflict together rather than attacking each other with words to make the other person feel weak while you feel strong. Security is essentially taking inventory of what's in front of you from a rested and digested place from your parasympathetic nervous system. You're not going to die or get hurt. You're merely working through it all from your prefrontal cortex. The place that processes all information at hand and your body is able to function for growth and regeneration at a place of security because you feel secure and whatever outcome is going to occur. I know I've talked about this concept throughout Deep and Roots podcast. However, it's just so very much worth repeating, especially because we're in the middle of a pandemic, a year end, and so many people are wanting to return to normalcy at a time we just really can't. And at the same time, So many people also haven't allowed themselves to process the effects of what the pandemic has had on them. So they're kind of in security mode always and and anyways, attack mode, if you will. You want to rip off your face mask, do a brave heart battle cry and get back to normal life. I get it. We're just not there yet. And then there is the rest of the population who's been going through the motions of the pandemic. Adhering to the new normal. And the first sign of pre pandemic behavior promptly forces out thoughts of panic and prior experiences of trauma that maybe weren't dealt with until now. It's interesting, but I've been talking to a lot of people lately who've been dealing with their reactions to trauma that they never knew they had or that they thought they put to rest. For me personally, (laughs) for the past two weeks, My cat, Rita, has been sick, and the vet found something around her bladder reverberating back in the ultrasound. Between that day and the next few days, until I could get her back in for an x-ray, I was dealing with in the back of my mind that I just knew it was cancer because that's where my mind goes. I grew up with my mom having cancer off and on most of her adult life. I was going to lose Rita to cancer too. I just knew it. That day someone in the neighborhood had left their vehicle on for a long time and I smelled the gas so strongly while walking in my neighborhood my mind literally <laughs> told me to run full speed to get my dog Henry and also Rita to rescue them to safety. I felt unsafe at the possibility of losing Rita to cancer that I associated that burning gas with wanting to physically save her life. I immediately left out loud and public, <laughs> like it was no big thing, which prevented me from actually running to save Henry and Rita from absolutely nothing. But it reminded me how powerful our minds can be. Also, update, Rita, the cat, is just fine. <laughs> and to her a cystitis, um, pain in the bladder, that is not infectious. And she has backed up poop, so... <laughs> No need to make Rita's last day her best days ever in safety mode. I'm just going to modify her her diet and give her extra loves from a secured state for at least the next 10 years, or maybe she'll even outlive me. Who knows? But really, have you been out at the store or <clears throat> some socially distanced gathering lately? You're around masked people, you're all spread out, and suddenly there are like 10 people super close to you, and you start freaking the fuck out, that is such a common story this past year especially, not just the act of people being within close proximity, but the main theme being that being physically close to other people are making people panicky, Maybe you've had prior instances of people not respecting your space in the past, so combine that with current pandemic and your brain is on fire. And when the Capitol insurrection happened in January, there were accounts of women on social media detailing their triggered and traumatic responses to being around white men in public, the automatic feeling of their safety being threatened due to being reminded of their own experiences. More recently, citizens of Texas losing its electricity, losing their electricity for more than a week due to a weak power grid controlled by the wealthy and unprepared of Texas, they definitely were in safety mode and for very good reason. And I'm sure so many are struggling to find a way to security, electric bills being way higher than they need to be. Damage from pipes bursting and trying to stay warm from the extreme cold. This is a kind of event where it can feel hard to see any security on the horizon. And that's all very valid. Though some took time to lament and the good they could find from the bitter cold. Posting pictures and videos of the ingeniously primal ways they were making breakfast for their kids while the world around them was freezing and there was no electric to keep them warm. Looking back at specific moments where it didn't feel safe and taking stock in the moments where it felt more secure, that's all very valid too. Also FYI, Texas is still needing support in the aftermath especially the more rural parts of the state. You can go online and donate supplies, time, and or money to the Salvation Army, American Red Cross, Save the Children, and Coalition for the Homeless, specifically. The ability to live in a state of safety and security is the emotional state of the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. You really only can choose one state or the other, according to the situation. And the event of life and death or natural rea- disaster, the ability for one to rule the other is pretty handy. though. So after the fact, staying in a state of seeking safety long-term truly does have lasting effects on not only your emotions, but your being and how your body physically functions. Look back at the times you've had conversations with people and when at the moment of security you've thought, and security, you've thought to yourself, what are they truly thinking about me? (laughs) What's wrong? Why does this person always cut me off in mid-sentence? Who the fuck do they think they are? Why are they looking at me this way? What the hell is their problem? You more than likely were feeling unsafe in some way, and the mindset around that conversation was a symptom of feeling unsafe. Now look back at the times you engaged in conversation and felt confident, or you noticed the other person was struggling and you were able to be the listener that person needed. You felt secure enough to engage in conversation with that person. You were free from harm. And really think about it, we all have internal thoughts that make the mind wander and take us from our solid state of security, of this is who I am and what I'm about. I'm going to navigate the situation how it needs to be navigated. To the safety standpoint of panic, disappointment, resentment, and even indifference. And this all goes back to how we've dealt with situations in the past, specifically how we've adapted to deal with situations in our childhood or unaddressed trauma. Take a few minutes and really think about the reoccurring thoughts in your childhood and unresolved trauma that you developed due to past experiences. My reoccurring thoughts stem from being told to not bother my mom or she would get sicker than she already was from cancer. I was a tot then, but tracing back, it really did have a profound effect on me. Its effects unintentional, of course. Even if at the time it was just meant for me to not scream like a little hellion while my mom was resting. And to be honest, my mom felt the effects of that as well because she felt out- utterly guilty. I unintentionally made myself small as a child. And she didn't even make those comments, but we, we both did some healing together around that in my late 20s. Because it translated to me growing up truly believing my voice needed to remain silent for everyone's safety. Everyone's well-being mattered over my own, and it was up to me to help others feel like they mattered. So I struggled and using my voice while simultaneously wanting to use it all the time. It took me the longest time as an adult to wonder why I felt utterly guilty in wanting to be secure and in myself and living as there was no clear and present danger for myself or the others I love. This guilt translated into physical gut dis-ease and autoimmune disease. I had tucked my early internal dialogue away as just simply that, not realizing that my entire life, my mind had been replaying specific conversations to keep me safe. What I knew is what I knew. To grow beyond that has been ever-evolving and incredibly painful healing that we all owe ourselves with a secure external and internal support. But take a look at your own recurring thoughts, and I bet you they're not much different. Are these recurring thoughts around your not-enoughness or feelings of not feeling in control of yourself or feelings of the pressure of making yourself so small that others can feel good about themselves or feelings that you somehow don't matter as much as everyone else? These are all thoughts rooted in your lack of safety. You don't feel safe within yourself, so how can you feel secure and thrive? Trace these thoughts further, and they show up as habits around eating comfort food when you feel emotionally derailed, eating junk food all the time with no solid diet, engaging in extreme dieting and fasting, drinking alcohol more heavily than usual, not taking care of yourself physically or emotionally. Every time clients come to me and they don't feel safe, their brains are unable to interpret the fact they're not needing to physically rescue themselves from harm. They don't trust themselves, or maybe they've lost that trust in themselves. And that's emotionally as bad as escaping a physically harmful situation. After a few weeks of working with my clients, we're unable to uncover some thoughts that keep them from building or rebuilding that trust. And it always comes back to their hardwired thoughts from childhood that they never knew existed or unaddressed trauma, or they've just dismissed these thoughts because, hey, that's just from way back in the past. But normalizing these thoughts to yourself, normalizing the fact that they did exist, allows you to rewrite your story and what you tell yourself. For me, I've rewritten my story as this. My name is Kara, and Kara means caring. I've had this caring aura around me from the get-go, the kind that people feel safe to confide and seek comfort on. And this is my superpower. What's also my superpower is standing up for what I truly believe is right. Even if I come off strongly and especially in regards to what I know is right for me and for others around me, it's not something I can, nor will allow others to strip away from me, even unintentionally, because these are my superpowers to feel and use accordingly. So now I use my superpowers to lean in and help others uncover their superpowers and become deeply rooted in their superpowers. You betcha, there are days and times during the day I block out to recharge. I set boundaries to continue to feel secure in myself and who I am. When I start feeling like I need to keep myself safe due to feeling others are trying to take away my superpowers, I give myself some extra time and love because I just need to feel safe. Because in that moment, I'm really giving into my old narrative of not feeling safe and feeling like I had to constantly protect myself while making myself small so that others can be okay. So when there are no actual breaches of safety and you're feeling unhinged, take a few moments to truly feel unhinged, and identify those feelings and thoughts around it. From there, identify where these thoughts are coming from. Specifically, what from your childhood is on repeat, allowing you to continually feel unhinged. These are your original thoughts you're holding on to, and that have morphed into your identity. What identity do you want to assign to yourself? What overwhelming evidence do you see is to the contrary to your original story, in which is your true identity? What is the story you want to believe that empowers you rather than drags you or others down? Life will never be perfect, ever, (laughs) ever, but we all have the right to strive for a life of security especially if the only immediate danger we're protecting ourselves from is ourselves. It's not to say we can't rescue ourselves from ourselves forever. Our primal thoughts of seeking safety from situations that only require a sense of safety or a sense of security will make an appearance at some capacity for the rest of our lives. It's our brain's way of keeping us alive. But if you spend your life trying to merely survive, you're missing out on the chance to thrive, truly thrive, and provide yourself with a sense of security through the thoughts, feelings, actions, and eating habits we assign ourselves. And ultimately, the mission is love. Love the parts of you that are focused on your safety and love the parts of you that want to feel secure they're all welcome to the table. And it's up to you to decide. It's up to you to decide how long each part is welcome to stay and eat. Deepened Roots podcast covers elements of my one-on-one 90-day program, That is founded on the concepts of acting out of abundance instead of fear, and going for what serves you. From time to time, I'll also cover what speaks to me, what's important in the moment, who's influenced my work, and even bring you interviews with like-minded humans. I also encourage you to reach out and let me know what else you'd like me to talk about, what moves you, what speaks to you, what serves you. Also, don't be shy. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram by searching under Deepen Roots Health Coaching to not only book a discovery session by clicking on the link in my bio, but to see the current happenings, musings, and shenanigans at Deepen Roots Health Coaching. Thank you so much for joining me and I will see you next time.